Welcome into Inside the Nest, the official podcast of Kennesaw State University Athletics. I'm Nolan Alexander. Today on Inside the Nest, we'll get the thoughts from our guys, Brandon Sutton and Brandon Joseph, on Saturday's setback at Monmouth and our Big South Blitz with Jordan Griffith, highlighting the conference and key top 25 games this weekend. Not the best of Saturdays for KSU in West Long Branch, New Jersey, where the Owls fell in the Big South Championship game. We'll get the breakdown and the thoughts from the guys, BJ and Brandon Sutton, going through Brandon's on the ball. To start out, Inside the Nest, as always, is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. This is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. So here's the OG Brandon Sutton and our own Brandon Joseph here on Inside the Nest. Just a couple of Brandons on the ball. Brandon Joseph here with Brandon Sutton. And Sutton, it wasn't the exact way that we thought it was going to go, but all credit to Mama, their 42-17 victory over the Kennesaw State Owls gives them the Big South Championship. But your first, you know, reaction to the game and how it played out. Uh, first thing, uh, kudos, kudos to Monmouth. Uh, it, was a, it was a good game. They, they showed up ready to play. And uh, just uh, good luck to those guys going forward. And I was just really, it was really just like a, a shot to me, a shock to me. I meant um, uh, the Owls, they just didn't really get a good start coming out of the game. And uh, Monmouth, they, they came out and they, they took off running going forward. Yeah, and it was one of those things where, you know, after the first drive, they kind of are going back and forth. And Kennesaw State ends up, I think, after the first exchange of like four drives, the Owls only end up with three points. And you go, well, we're almost at a point where the Owls need to get something going and start pushing forward. But they were never able to get that going. And then it was 28-3. to 3 at halftime and you know me and Barkley made the joke at halftime we've seen that result before in 28 to 3 and uh it just wasn't in the Owls favor yeah um uh, coming out things are just, uh were really slow like uh after things uh after we went down uh seven to three and the Owls weren't the offense wasn't really able to get going and it was we were really leaning on the defense a lot on Saturday to uh try to help pick us up and uh, put us back in the game early uh, but they, uh, things things just didn't really uh, play out that way. The uh, the Hawks really got rolling. Uh, they were able to score again, and then uh, the uh, the early turnover put them in great field position. Uh, it really didn't help us going into halftime, leading us back to another twenty eight three game. But uh, going forward, I know the coach is going to look towards the look to this game and just all the things that we're going to need to just figure out how to, we can put ourselves in the best situation so that we aren't in the if we are in that situation how to get out of it going forward. Yeah, and the Owls season may not be done. It all comes down to that committee this upcoming next Sunday. I'm sorry, April 18th, we will find out the 16 teams selected by the FCS selection panel. We go back to the first rank rankings, the midseason rankings that came two weeks before the season end, and the Owls were not involved in it. So we can kind of lend to believe, and I think we even talked about it ourselves, that the Owls probably need to win the Big South to get in, but you lose control of that. But I want to touch on something that you mentioned, the tipped pass and the interception. That was a huge swing in momentum because you felt like if the Owls were able to throw the ball and start adding that different element and still move the ball down the field, it was going to at least turn into a slugfest with Mammoth. But that tip pass gives Mammoth short field. And you don't really give Mammoth short field. They normally capitalize on those things. 
Uh, definitely. With that, they have a really explosive offense. And then with that, with that early uh, tip pass and just just putting putting such an explosive offense on the short end with a short field, it, it's never going to lead to good results. Um, but early in the game, we did see the, the Owls defense. Uh, they, they, they were able to bow up, hold them in the uh, red zone a couple times. And um, just... Uh, just, just how things were, were were playing out just wasn't wasn't the best for for us that day. Um, and uh, going going from uh, going off of where where things stand from the offense, being able to incorporate more of a pass game going forward, it will be so beneficial to the Owls because the run game already helps uh, diminish a defensive uh, defensive line, and um, but the pass game will help us hit the back end, which will help just alleviate some of the things that we have to do from a run perspective and just help help us get those uh, long chunk plays when we are down in situations like this. And I think it's interesting too. I think there's dual factors in there. You played a mama's team that knows you very well. They have athletes too, but you know, defensively they, they knew what the deal was. They, they were able to get guys out laterally to defend the lateral runs and really try to force the owls to keep it inside. And if you can win those battles on the inside, with the nose and then the Mike linebackers, that's a real advantageous position for them defensively. And also offensively, they knew they had to score touchdowns. They were not very confident in kicking field goals. So that just lends the OC's play calling to a whole different scenario when you're playing for end zone, not necessarily field goals. Yeah, and, and just w- when, you're, when you have limited factors like that, you, you, you try to focus on your guys that the – that are going to be able to just put you in the situation that you feel most comfortable with. And, and on Saturday, we, we, we tried to get things going, but it, from a, uh, from a play call standpoint, uh, I'll, I'll give all the credit to uh, Monmouth DC. He had a great strategy going into the game. He, uh, he lined everything up so that uh, his uh, big D line, that could make as many plays as possible, get in there. And just the way they were moving guys around, uh, sending blitzes, just trying to get pressure on the inside. And, and just they, they had a dang near complete control of the game throughout the entire. I, I, I don't mean any disrespect when I say this about Monmouth's coaching staff, but Kevin Callahan's been there for 26 years. There's not a lot he hasn't seen in 26 years with one program. And he knows the players. He knows the type of players that he recruits very well. And I, I think we saw it a little bit with Autry Denson at Charleston Southern. Smart-minded people, when they start playing Kennesaw State, they're able to pick up on a little thing. And I think Coach Bohannon has even said that before. You can't necessarily go in with the same stuff. You have to have those wrinkles. But it just so happened on this past Saturday, Monmouth was prepared for those wrinkles and were able to stop those wrinkles. And a lot of times when you do see these programs and Kennesaw State throws those wrinkles in, they're not able to stop the wrinkles. And that's where the spiral happens. Monmouth, credit to Coach Callahan, he was able to stop the wrinkles from being successful. Uh, yeah, uh, and credit to him and his staff. Uh, it's just with, with the wrinkles we try to put in, because going against any new new team, well, I wouldn't necessarily say new team, but when, going against each team, we have to find from an offense standpoint, we have to find those things where uh, we can make our offense the most uh, critical, the most effective it can be. So we'll try to uh, target plays to certain aspects, to certain people, to uh, certain parts of the field. And I'll do more credit to them. They were they were able to stop us from get, getting those plays going and getting things rolling from the offensive side of the ball. And uh, offensively, they, they, they were lights out all day. And we're going to have one more of these, no matter what, at least one more of these Brandons on the ball. So we'll save our season in review. You know, if the Owls don't make the playoffs, we'll do that next week. 
but I just want, you know, the season as a whole, I just want to get your thoughts on that. It's been a crazy spring season to begin with, you know, moving everything from fall to spring, but the start, the stops, and then what these players had to deal with, the cancellation of Garner Webb, just kind of just put it in perspective for what these players had to deal with to get through this season. So starting off, you, you you came into the year thinking you were going to play in the fall and then everything gets pushed back. So starting off there with the pause and everything, just trying to prep for it. And and then you finally just get the, the realization, OK, we're finally going to play ball. Everything starts rolling. Everything's fine. And you play a couple games and then everything comes to a halt. The Gardner Webb game, it holds things, it holds things up. And um, you're, in your head, you're just like, OK, we're, we're playing. Now we're stopped again. Is this how it's going to keep going? Because we only have a couple of these. And it is really it's really more of on the coaching on the coaches at this point, just to help keep the players in a mental mental mind in a good mind space to where they can play at their best level, no matter what's going on, uh, no matter how things uh, look or what's going to happen next. You just got to keep them looking forward to the next game. And so as as things kept playing out, uh, things are rolling on. Uh, we get to uh, Chuck South and Monmouth game and things are as they are now. So now all these players are just like, okay, we're here. We've gone through all of this. Now they're just waiting to see have they put a, put enough uh, effort together to show this playoff committee that they're a team that's available for the playoffs. And and, and right now, oh, go ahead. And that's the thing. It's just, I think we're both in agreement. And I think a lot of coaches, not just on the Kennesaw State staff, but a lot of coaches who have seen Kennesaw State play up close and personal. And remember, these committees are not the active coaches. It's not necessarily where they factor in the coaches' polls, the FCS coaches' polls, like you would see at the FBS level. This committee are a different set of people, but everybody, I think, agrees Kennesaw State is deserving to be in the top 16. And the, the thing that speaks most to Kennesaw State is teams don't want to play them. And I think that's the biggest credit to Kennesaw State, that they deserve to be in that chance, the pot, to try to win a national championship. Uh, definitely, and I and I, I leave it up to the committee and just all the te- all the people that have eyes on this program that that we've we've been trying to prove to these committees and these these uh, people that make these rankings for years now that we we we're, we're one of those teams that uh, we're uh, regardless of the perennial powerhouses we're we're on our way up we're we're one of those teams that should be getting respect that deserves these opportunities to play these games because these games are how that are how we'll be able to build a name for ourselves and as a program. Uh, going forward because the the better opportunities that we want are the opportunities for us to play these big name teams uh in the playoffs and just showing the committee and everyone else across the world uh, in the world that Kennesaw State is a, a name that you should know a team you should look out for on your schedule and it's very weird that I feel that North Dakota State loses a game they get more credit in a loss than Kennesaw State did for any of the games in which they won and it almost seems like at times the pundits and to a certain extent the committee they've always downplayed Kennesaw State's victories even and I think it's a a chance of you know what put Kennesaw State as a 16 team in make them face the number one seed make them go on the road if it is North Dakota State if it is JMU if it is Weber State make them go on the road and prove themselves because I guarantee it's not going to be a game in which it's over in the first half I, I think you know, a game against a mammoth team goes a long way to where that's not necessarily apples to apples and a team that they would play, you know, from the big sky, from the Missouri Valley Football Conference, Big West, or anybody else like that, even the Colonial or the SoCon. 
I think, you know, Kennesaw State, if you really want to get a measure, put Kennesaw State in the 16th team. You know that they belong in there. Put them up against the number one team. And when that game goes four quarters and, you know, if Kennesaw State wins and moves on, you have to be quiet about and downplaying anything Kennesaw State does. Because, frankly, as somebody who's been around this program for as long as I have, and I know you have equally as long, we're tired of hearing how Kennesaw State's wins get diminished. Exactly, man. If you truly want to just say that we're we're a non-deserving team, you have to you have to give us a shot. Because if we we show up and then we show you like how good of a team that Kennesaw State actually is. In in some of our our past seasons, the best thing that ever happened to us was a loss. So coming up off of a loss, a, a Kennesaw State team is a very dangerous enemy to have. So going forward, this 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 could be a very good good thing for the Owls. It wasn't what we want to see, but it could be a very good thing for the Owls. And for, for the potential of a playoff opportunity, the committee needs to just go ahead and just pull that trigger and say, okay, it's a smaller, it's one of the smaller divisions, but this is the team that's may not have won it, but we have a, all of these other one-loss teams. So why do why doesn't Kennesaw not deserve that opportunity to prove that, hey, we have all these playoff wins in the past. Why are we not getting the opportunity to play now? It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I'm seeing programs that aren't even playing for their conference championship, teams that are finishing four, potentially getting a nod into a Kennesaw State team that lost in a Big South championship game. And like we said at the beginning, credit to Monmouth. They played one heck of a game to try to win a Big South championship, and they did. But Kennesaw State was at least in that mix, and they're going to potentially lose out to or have to contend for a spot that a team that finished fourth in their division that is frankly a top heavy division you know conference just take a look they're top heavy teams and they're fighting in that same grouping I don't think it's necessarily you know a reasonable expectation or reasonable logic that they go with I I, I agree with you 100 percent um just just them just packing a playoff with all these teams from the same conference that have played each other. We know there were same results. We're going to, we know how they play against one another. We know how they play against teams they've already played. So why, why are we not allowing for more teams from these conferences, from these other conferences to get it, get these spots to show them, okay, we we've seen these teams play two times already. They've played the same teams. They've done everything all year. Uh, they may be perennial teams, but still there are other teams such as Kennesaw state that should have the opportunity to play these bigger name teams and show that, Oh, we're deserving these spots. We can beat these teams. We can play with these teams, regardless of where you're from uh, big sky, OVC, it doesn't matter. We, we're, we're a team that's on the rise and we're, we're here to play. And if you don't like it, come find us. We're right here <laughs> there you every, go. every week inside the nest. I'm Brandon Joseph. He's Brandon Sutton, a couple of Brandon's on the ball. We'll talk to you next week and we better be getting ready for Kennesaw state playoff. Did or a nomination show. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Holy hand-rolled tortillas. Does Chewy's know Tex-Mex or what? We're making our fresh tortillas all day long. Perfect for wrapping up Chewy's famous Chicka Chicka Boom Boom enchiladas. Stuffed with house-roasted chicken, smothered in spicy, cheesy Boom Boom sauce. Better have a handshaking fresh limerita handy. Just saying. So gather up your friends because you can dine in at Chewy's or get it to go. We even have meal kits available for pickup or delivery at order.chewy's.com. Locations in Kennesaw and Perimeter. Find us at Chewies.com. See y'all at Chewies. We'd like to take this time to thank our proud partner, Coca-Cola, for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. To help prevent the spread of COVID-19, remember the three W's. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and watch your distance around others. 
Wellstar believes when we all work together to do our part, we can keep Georgia safe. For more safety information, visit wellstar.org. We move ahead with the Big South Blitz with Jordan Griffith on Inside the Nest. Hey guys, Jordan Griffith here with another Big South Blitz. We have a healthy mix on this episode here today. Some FCS look-aheads for the playoff, as well as some Big South scores and some games coming up. So, let's dive right into it. Well, because this is the Big South Blitz, let's start off with some Big South news. I would be dishonest if I didn't mention the Kennesaw State-Monmouth game right off the bat. Of course, not going Kennesaw State's way. I don't want to get into that one. Um, but talking about the other teams, Gardner-Webb is going on the road to face Charleston Southern this Saturday. We're going to be looking out to see if Jack Chambers can have another great game like he did last week against Robert Morris. He had 255 yards in the air along with 20 carries for 80 yards on the ground. So Chambers, a guy that can really do it all for Charleston Southern, making this offense pretty fun to watch. But those are really the only meaningful games going on this weekend. The Gardner-Webb-Charleston Southern game, and then last week, again, uh, Charleston Southern actually beating Robert Morris 27-14. to So Robert Morris will probably go winless on the season. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of Big South news. Once again, the spring season was so quick. It's, it felt like everything was moving so slowly because the games were being canceled and moved and all of a sudden it's pretty much over at this point you have one week left and then the fcs playoff the week after that so let's get into that playoff picture so talking about the fcs playoff picture we have some automatic bids some teams that are already in as of right now starting in the southland i think one of the most dominant teams this year sam houston state at five and oh they clinch with a 27 to 13 win over mcneese another clinch is jacksonville state nine and two total in six and one in the conference on the year a great season for the future A-Sun rivals. They won 28-14 over Murray State. Then you have the NEC Sacred Heart earns that automatic bid with a 3-1 season. Missouri Valley, no automatic bids right now because there are four separate teams up for that conference. North Dakota State, North Dakota, South Dakota State, and Missouri State all have a chance to win and or get at least a share of the conference title. Looking at the Big South, we all know Monmouth wins that conference now over Kennesaw State. Big time win for the Hawks. And then the Big Sky, Weber State 5-0 undefeated, automatic bid. They kind of stumbled a little bit against Idaho State 20-15, but there's a lot of these other conferences like the CAA and the Patriot that are going to be up for grabs this upcoming Saturday. Now, it's speculation time because we are looking at a lot of teams' futures up in the air with the next week or two going into the FCS playoff. Looking at some expert picks online, you're looking at Sam Herter on Hero Sports. Number one, he has North Dakota State, the number one overall seeds, followed by South Dakota State, Weber State, and then Sam Houston State. So those are the four number one seeds that you're going to get in a 16-team playoff like the FCS still plans to do. He has Kennesaw State all the way down at number 22. Again, that doesn't really mean anything. The committee now has two weeks to really sit on this loss and think about it. But once again, these rankings don't necessarily mean anything because then you have another ranking on the same website that has Kennesaw State at 15. So that's one spot within where they need to be. Just the loss really threw some things out of whack. We all understand that. But we're going to see what this is going to look like. There's a lot of games that need to be played on Saturday that are going to determine the seeding, who's in, who's out. So this Saturday, keep your eyes glued to your television for some FCS football games because it will be the biggest spring weekend 
in football history. I'm, I think that's safe to say because it's the only time it's ever happened. So not a hyperbole. I'm going for it. I'm putting myself out in the legend saying it. And that will do it for the Big South Blitz. Keep your eyes on the TV for Saturday's games. And we will revisit this next week here on the Big South Blitz. I'm Jordan Griffith. Thank you so much for listening. Get your favorite KSU apparel, name brand items, gifts, and more at the KSU Bookstore. Whether you're looking for an Adidas jersey, KSU sweatshirt, or a new hat, they've got you covered. Shop their in-stadium store on game days, visit them in the Student Center, or shop online today. Visit the KSU Bookstore online at ksustore.kennesaw.edu. Season tickets are now available for the fall 21 football season. Tickets include all five home games, plus a ticket to the KSU at Georgia Tech game on September the 11th. Season tickets start at just $135. You can purchase yours today by texting SCRAPPY to 20123, that's S-C-R-A-P-P-Y, to 20123, or by visiting www.ksuals.com tickets. Elsewhere on the campus of Kennesaw State, it's mostly a quiet weekend. However, on the soccer pitch, I want to give a shout out to Kennesaw State women's soccer who plays in the A-Sun semifinals tomorrow night at 7 p.m. That's Thursday night, 7 p.m. at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Tickets to the A-Sun semis available, ksuals.com slash tickets. If you're listening, if you're a Kennesaw State student, present your student ID and you get to get in free. If the Owls win, they play 1 o'clock Saturday for the A-Sun Championship. The following week, plenty of home events on tap, and we'll be sure to profile those on Inside the Nest. I'm Nolan Alexander, letting you know that Inside the Nest has been brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. This is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. Until next time, go Owls.